Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. I am your conspiracy asshole, Primetime 99, Alex Stein, and we have a very special and lovely guest. I'm just going to bring her right on. She's a writer. She's a researcher. She's a social scientist, but she's more than that. She collaborates with a lot of people in, uh, you know, I guess you'd say in the conservative media, but I mean, I think all kinds of media as well, if I, you know, from looking at who the people you talk to. But with that, Kay, welcome to the Conspiracy Castle. It's a pleasure to have you uh, with us today. So much. It's so I'm so excited to be here. I'm a I'm a big fan, big fan of the work when I can find it through the search engines. Um, but yeah, dude, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be with a fellow cat enthusiast. And yeah, I would say conservative news media. That's like my favorite way to introduce myself. Like I was out last night for dinner. And uh, bumped into a few people and they were like, hey, Kay, what are you doing? I'm like, I want to conservative news media. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, yeah, I'm just a freaking writer and that's about it. Well, you can, but sadly, in like the writers, because I know, like, I kind of beef with some of the local writers here. You kind of have to take a side to even kind of get the scoop in this day and age, because like everything is so politicized, you know, like in the media, you know, it's like, well, I'm saying nobody trusts anybody. So they kind of want to talk to their own. That's the problem. We get in these echo chambers. And I guess, mm -hmm. I guess that's what like what what I really not that I'm even influential one bit, but listen, I consider myself more conservative than liberal. But I, and a lot of my ideas, I think like insulin costs two hundred dollars in Texas, but two dollars in Mexico. That's ridiculous. So we should, I think there should be some sort of socialization. Maybe the government should get involved in some stuff, even though normally I want the government out of my business. But what I'm saying with that is we get two. We get all of our identity is taken into our political side and we're not all one sided. And that's the problem is they purposely do that. It's a mechanism as a division tool. So it kind of sucks that we almost have to pick a side. So how do you feel about that, Kay? Um, I absolutely fucking hate it. And um, especially as like, I guess I'm like a quote unquote immigrant. Like I have this like bizarre legal status, which is like, I'm a legal resident alien. And I'm like, I don't, I don't like that, but okay. I'm just, I'm an immigrant here. I come from like a very socialist country and like, yeah, I'm sort of like a, a I think probably you're kind of similar, but like a case by case basis where I'm like, I grew up with the NHS and it was great. The wait times weren't so fantastic, but like, if you've injured yourself, like, sorry, punishment, you might have to wait a minute. Um, because like, it's free. Like it was great. But then at the same time, I'm like, this is America. They don't want socialized healthcare. This isn't my country. I shouldn't be someone pushing for it. Yeah, but like, an ambulance. Fine. I don't give a shit. But Kay, I'm not trying to cut you off, but you know that like you go to the NHS, your ambulance ride is free. You shouldn't have to. People are worried about yeah. calling an ambulance in De Decatur, Texas, because they're like, how am I going to pay for this? And they're dying. These people are bleeding out and dying. I know in Duncanville, in Garland, Texas, there's people like, oh, I don't want to call the ambulance. How am I going to pay the bill? <laughs> how am I going to pay the bill? Drive me. People are gunshot yeah. wounds, bleeding out. So, I, you know, and I'm not saying that the government, you know, should take care of everything because if the government gives us free health care, like you say, you have to wait. It's going to suck. The American version of free health care would be like the McDonald's of health care, you know, oh, straight you know? up. 
So, I mean, it's not going to be good, but I think that's better than no health care. You know what I mean? I mean, something is better than nothing, sadly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think something is better than nothing. You know, maybe it is on like a wealth or like a case by case basis, not like Obamacare. That shit just like, that was, was whack. Like, see, that was stupid. So but see, this is what they have to do is either put caps yeah. on the medical industry. I mean, there's a way to do it where people can still be successful, where they can't charge us an arm and a leg. Because like right now we have socialized medicine with the vaccine. I mean, that's free. Yeah. And that's paid for. So how can they nobody can argue against it now? We're already kind of in that socialized medicine state at the moment. Exactly. And it's not like the freaking big pharma companies can't afford it. You know, like, do they really need to make as much money as they make? Like, I'm not like a communist. And uh, oh, this is my cat wonky. Wonky. Um, I'm not, <laughs> this is wonky because um, he's wonky. What are you doing? I don't even know what he's doing. This is just OK. We're going to lie down. No, Come okay. on, wonk. take a nap. Take a nap. Um, but, you know, yeah, like going back to the healthcare thing, like <sighs> I have so many backs and forths on it all because like you know i think that weed should be legal everywhere and kind of treated as a medicine but yeah when it comes to like big pharma and the amount of money these guys make especially now because of like covid they're all like these billionaires like i wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago maybe it's like a week ago um where i was just covering a press release essentially from the british medical journal where they're like there are newly minted billionaires as a result of this pandemic. And I'm like, that just like, sorry, that just like screams corruption to me. The most like, billionaires ever, okay. the most billionaires yeah. created in a year ever was this year. I mean, so this is the problem. The world we're being run by multinational corporations already. They give us the idea like these politicians have our back, but these companies are the ones doing all the political action committees that are buying all the influence that at the end of the day mm -hmm. are getting the legislation through the house and the Congress and through the, all the necessary red tape. You and I can't do that. You know what I mean? We can even the like, I mean, the media is crooked. I'm just saying, but like very few companies have the cojones, like, you know, the the uh, oil and gas business, you know, uh, the media. You talk about big pharma. These are these are the people that really rule the world. And the problem is, is they operate in multiple countries. So they're willing to sell out America if it benefits the company as a global company. So that's the problem is we're getting sold out. By these corporations in my opinion and so we need to regulate them that's what i mean that's how the big ones and like walmart i'm in texas they say walmart puts everybody out of business you go to a small town there's nothing there anymore uh and that's all because of amazon and walmart so that's not we should tax them a little bit for that just a little bit just a little bit i think Jeff Amazon can probably afford it just a little bit, but I'm reading, um, I'm reading dreamland right now. And I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it, which is, you know, obviously great for me. Um, you know, I'm very intellectual as you can tell. Um, <laughs> I but, forget um, stuff no. all, the way, all the time. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but like one of like, there's like an entire chapter in this book dreamland, which is about, um, sort of the growth of the opioid epidemic and how it was kind of coupled in with, uh, the rise in black tar heroin around the United States and how it just like decimated these small towns. And it's just like, basically he describes this author, Sam something, how when Walmart came in, it kicked all these mom and pop shops out, which led to, you know, obviously like a decline in wealth and then like a lack of purpose for their kids. Cause like, you know, like in these small towns, if your mom and dad own like, you know, the local baker, you're probably going to grow up and become a baker. Cause like, that's just, you know, I mean, who wouldn't want to be a baker, but like when Walmart comes in, it's just like, nope, that's not going to happen. And then because Walmart is so badly run, like the actual shops are so badly run, all these addicts would go in steal everything that they wanted, sell it for pills, sell it for heroin. They had like, the, he just runs through all these different like hacks on how to scam Walmart. And I'm just like, wow, we can blame Walmart for the opioid epidemic and the heroin epidemic. Like that is fucking wild. 100% so, like, and Home Depot. I, mean, I don't know. I'm like, I'm an old hippie. I'm definitely conservative leaning, definitely, um, especially in America, because I feel like if you go the other way, like, I don't like this whole fucking woke thing. I think it's just like another word for communism. But um, like, I'm, I'm definitely an old hippie. I like having like my local butchers, my local fishmongers, but it's just not happening anymore. Like I live in Raleigh now and everything's like all these big box stores. And I'm just like, this isn't conducive to like happiness. We've over consumed to the point of insanity. And like, I don't know where we go next because everyone's got a fucking mental health issue because they have everything that they fucking need. And I'm like, we're just looking for problems.
thumbs. Anyway, that's my filibuster. No, Kay, but that's exactly right. I'm in I'm in Texas, and people are like, "How is Texas? How would you describe it? Should I move here?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, Texas is very sterile. There's like this movie by David Byrne, the guy from Talking Heads. Uh, it's called mm-hmm. True Stories, and it kind of like foreshadowed like kind of like the Silicon Prairie of Texas because we actually have a lot of tech companies, uh, you know, in in Dallas. So. Like there's a lot of wealthy people in this area. And so how I would describe it is like wealthy people like live in Plano and in Addison. And Addison is known as being the most restaurants per capita of any city in the world. So it's like Fuddruckers next to Wingstop, next to McDonald's, next to K. It literally has more restaurants per capita, you know, per person than any city in the world. Um, is is they say, and because a lot of companies are located here as well, their headquarters mm-hmm. in Dallas. So like they just for, Addison is just a good test location um, for fat Americans. So what I'm saying, it's like the <laughs> sterilization of America. It's almost too easy. Every so that's how I describe America. I go, well, if you move to a suburb, you're gonna have a CVS on every corner. You're gonna have a Seven <laughs> Eleven. It's gonna have lights. It's probably gonna be safe. It's probably cops, but it's going to be like cookie cutter as it gets. Um, and that's kind of the problem with society is like we are just fat and lazy and we just want our media like on our phone. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it turns us into a nightmare. But this is the problem. I, or this is the thing I want to go back to is the opioid epidemic is like here in America. It's terrible. And now um, it's really getting funneled in through China, through the fentanyl. And I had a, a good friend of mine. So I don't know if you know this. I worked for the TV show um, Cheaters. Oh, did my stream drop? Did something happen? Oh, it's, it says only one person is watching. Something's wrong with the stream. No, oh, 64. It's not, okay. It's all right. me. They just don't like me. No, no, They're it's 64. Like, well, no. It's so, so, sometimes, sometimes my internet goes out for a second. Even though I have the gig internet the, the, and I called AT&T, like if too many people get on it, sometimes it might drop out for a second. And so sometimes the stream will drive. Even though I have like a 30 second protection, I don't notice sometimes. But regardless, what I'm saying is the opioid crisis, they got us hooked on the big pharma Oxycontin like crazy. Mm-hmm. And then, then now they're like going after, you know, Purdue and all the pharmaceutical companies for getting us hooked on it and all these kids going to Home Depot because they had lenient return policies, they would steal stuff and then go return it back uh, to Home Depot. Oh, yeah. yeah, with Walmart. So that's that's one of the scams. They have like a whole infrastructure. But but now when all those drugs run out, they have a whole generation of kids that are hooked on opioids that now mm-hmm. rely on fentanyl that's rushing through the border like crazy. So it's just ridiculous with the drug problem that America has. And I think that's one of the biggest problems what we face. I could not agree more. And the fentanyl thing is scary. Like I lived in California before I moved out to North Carolina and it was like, as soon as fentanyl came in, I mean, I have a whole conspiracy thing about that. I'm trying to write a piece about how fentanyl is one of uh, many different mechanisms that China has used to already start their sort of invasion of the United States. 100% it's a bioweapon. Yeah. yeah, no, straight up. Like, it's, oh my God. And there's like so many other different things. And I was just Well, you know, like, China can like, legally make it if they yeah. change one molecule of it. So they make fentanyl and then they add like, uh, you know, not aluminum, but whatever, whatever thing cross, whatever T you add to the structure of the mm-hmm. molecule. And that's all they have to do is make it one molecule off. And so the, the problem is they constantly have to change it because like China will try to fake regulate it because the U.S. or you know, the FDA will be like, oh, you know, they're making different molecules of it. Yet they're sending, yet they're sending, you know, um, yeah. uh, uh, caseloads in those container ships. I mean, they're sending thousands of containers full of it. And they're mm-hmm. even producing on the border, but they can legally make it under their government if they change it. So that's just a wink and a nod, you know, to the, the Chinese people like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to as long as it's a little off, you can make it like mm-hmm. they know, you know what I, I mean, what they're doing. I'm like, oh, God, this is so refreshing because everyone thinks I'm crazy when I talk about this stuff. This is Conspiracy but, um, Castle. This is a tinfoil hat show. We're, we, you got to put on tinfoil crown when you're on the castle. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling so at home. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. This mm-hmm. is great. But no, you're so right. And like when fentanyl kind of started coming up in L.A., I mean, like two things happened. Like we have a huge homeless crisis in uh, California that's actually like the homeless industrial complex. It's an amazing way. I tell you what, you want to make money quickly, pretend like you're running a nonprofit or like get into politics and go be friends with like the Gavin Newsom's of the world and just uh, say, oh, federal government, we need money to like build affordable housing and not do any of the underlying care to help these people get out of drug addiction and mental illness, which is what actually creates the homeless crisis. It's got nothing to do with housing. Um, but we, we started, I say we, the royal mm-hmm. we started seeing kind of 
this difference in the homeless population where suddenly there were people coming from all over the country to just die on the streets of Los Angeles where I was living. And it went from like, you know, like probably about 50,000 maybe homeless and they'd sort of like mill around, but they sort of like lurk in the shadows. And like, I would walk probably in like 2018, 2019. I That's when you lived in my... LA. Cause I lived in 2012 and 2013. Uh, oh, so you were uh, there at the best time. Yeah. It was still, but it, yeah. I lived in West Hollywood. I first lived on Yucca in the center of Hollywood behind like Hollywood wow. Boulevard. It was like in this meth yeah. shack, $900 a month, like studio place of the kitchen, you know, all, it was just like all one room. It was like crack shack. Yeah. All my neighbors were on crack, <laughs> but it was cool. A guy with a car full of junk from Dallas. I was like, Oh, I can afford this. You know, I had like 11,000 bucks saved up. I was like, I can live here for, then I got some money and I moved to a little nicer place, but not that much nicer, but a little nicer in West Hollywood. Um, but it was just getting bad. It, when I was there, it was just getting, it was just cause like I noticed it cause like you would walk on the sidewalk and you couldn't walk on multiple sidewalks. That's when mm -hmm. I was really surprised. And this is in 2012, 2013. Like, and then now it's just yeah. gotten worse where they'll take, you know, I mean, and Skid Row has always been there. I mean, that's been there since the eighties yeah. and nineties. So LA has been known for the homelessness, but you're talking about the homeless industrial complex. Now it's been revealed in Los Angeles. They're uh, a homeless, protection groups for their uh, narrative they actually are paying people to sit sit out in the street and, and continue to be homeless in order to uh appear so there's more of a problem so they get more funding from the government yeah. so these are almost yeah. like crisis actor homeless people i mean it used to be like oh you're an actor in la do you drive for like uber or lyft and now it's like oh do you work for like the city as a pretend homeless person or do you work for <laughs> one of these nonprofits that actually is run by the city as a pretend homeless person but it's um yeah hollywood i mean hollywood's always been a dive let's be honest like i lived um right by runyon canyon for like eight months and it was horrendous i mean it just always smelled it always smelled and like every anyway. tourist goes because you're right by runyon so you're like i was in the tourist zone too so tell me about what it was yeah. like to live right there uh, i mean look like sometimes it was cool like every now and again i'd be like oh this is fun like i'm just gonna go like walk the dog up runyon canyon and they're filming a tv like, show and sometimes yeah, you, you, know. you know yeah i was just like oh they're filming 911 over there i love my crap procedurals yeah um but no, it was, I mean, the traffic's horrendous. Like, there's the nothing like it anywhere in the world. Um, it's very scary and dangerous. And people don't realize, like, you can't walk down a block without being harassed. And it's, you know, I'm like a pretty small person. Uh, so that was like kind of intimidating. And yeah, very. To, like, and you're a pretty around. girl. Like, LA, everybody's all cracked out and drunk or high. So they're all cat calling and call, they're like shooting their shot. Cause it's very, I'm just saying LA, everybody's on vacation there. And if they're not on vacation yeah. there, they're living there. They're from somewhere else. So people uh -huh. are just always feeling froggy. It would, that's kind of what's cool about LA too, is people are kind of more open. So a little bit about my story. I moved there right yes. after I graduated from LSU and I didn't have a job. I worked at central casting and I've worked on every show, oh. the office. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it's cool, but that was, I didn't have a job. And then I ended up working some production jobs, working for some production companies, getting a little higher up, but I'm saying I loved my Hollywood experience for the little bit of time that it was, but then it got so old after about right mm -hmm. before two years, I was like, I can't, I can't, I got to get out of here. This place is just, <laughs> I mean, I was had to yeah. sign another lease. I was like, I'm not going to sign another lease. I don't want to stay here another year. This place is insane. Good for you. I mean, a lot of people I realized were, and maybe, okay. Did you notice this? Like I, I, I had this one woman say to me, she was like, okay, when you move here, you cannot set a time limit for your success. And I was just like, my version of success is like doing words in order and like having land far enough away from civilization where I can't hear traffic. We're all like the local villagers bring me the like wild animals they find and can't take care of. I was like, that's my, that's my goal. I don't want to be on like freaking television. I don't care about celebrities. Well, you can be like on TV now. Okay. Internet. With the internet. I'm saying the TV doesn't exist anymore. Exactly. Like Exactly. So it's fucking great. But anyway, she said to me, she was like, don't put a time limit on your success here. And I was like, oh shit, I don't want like these guys version of success, but okay. And then I started to realize that there were people there who were never going to hit it, but they were too scared to leave because they were like, what if I leave the week before I get the phone call that does the thing that makes me mega famous. And I was just like, wow, these guys are going to die here out of fear. I was like, this is an abusive relationship. Like they're in an abusive relationship 
with the city, with this industry. So, I mean, congratulations for actually having the stones to be like, I can't do this and get out because like most people, I think don't know themselves well enough to make that decision. And now I have like younger people call me and like hit me up on social media and be like, Oh, I want to like move to LA. I want to like move to New York to become like successful. And I'm just like, just do it in your fucking basement. It's so much easier. That's true. But if somebody really wants to move to LA, they should go do it for a little bit and see how tough it is. See how, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just saying as somebody needs to go, you want to move to LA. And I'm not saying that like to rude, but go, Go to L.A. See how hard it is to operate in L.A. Everybody's trying to rip you off. Everybody's trying mm-hmm. to. I mean, it's literally like Judge Dredd or, or it's like how I imagine the, the the apocalyptic future is L.A. is like that's the current. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, just I don't even know how to explain it. Like you try to even talk to a person to rent an apartment. They're either too high or they're trying to like rip you <laughs> off. I mean, it's really just no. But but that's another thing. Like I said, I encourage people to uh, go out there and try it uh, if you want to act. But. I, uh, for me, it was a little easier. I got on this show, this ABC show that was like a copy of Big Brother. It was like, uh, where they vote each other off. And we were on during the bachelor. It was called The Glass House. And I was the villain on it. And, and I, and I'm saying, yeah, it was, it was kind of lame. But what I'm saying is I, it really jaded me from kind of the entertainment business because I thought the production, the producer of the show is this guy, Kenny Rosen. He was like the producer of Big Brother for like 10 years was like this, you know, top guy produces all these reality shows, you know. And I kind of thought he had my back because he kind of encouraged me to be a villain on the show. And then I ended up getting kicked off the show. And I was like, I just felt betrayed by him. It kind of just showed you Hollywood is, and you learn that at all different levels. You know, just everybody's going to just kind of rip you off. You're nothing. You're like, um, you're just, so, so I guess even if you're like the rock or, you know, you know, Dwayne, the rock Johnson, even those people are trying to, people are trying to pee pee on you, poo poo on you. It's just, it's like never, I'm saying it's like a never ending battle of you think you want to be so successful in that, that B system, but I guess it just chews you up and spits you out. Um, so yeah, that's, that was my experience. Dude, you were okay. I need to like hear more about this because I, have been hit up to do the bachelor a lot and i swear to god if i turn 30 and i'm still single i'm fucking doing that shit you should do it already because i because i know and i know i know mindy i know a lot of the casting directors at abc still because that show is like a big show the show that was on you just become friends with them through the process but yeah and and i worked then i ended up moving to dallas and working for the tv show cheaters where we catch people cheating on their husbands and wives so that must have been fun. Talk about like working with some of the like going from like living and working in LA where you're right. Everyone like wants a piece of you when they think you're going to be something. And then, yeah, everyone's just out to like fuck each other over and, you know, social climb. Like there was a point where I was on like billboards on like Sunset and places For what? like that. Why were you on a weed? Oh, you're like a weed ad. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I used to write about like, uh, more like the business side, like how to work with, oh, hi. Who's this? Who's this? Hi, Sky Bear. He's, he's the most, he's my number one rated cat, but he's like still the biggest pain in the butt because he, he meows the most. Um, okay. And now, so, so, so you're on a weed billboard on Sunset Boulevard. Is that what you said? Yeah, there was like two on Sunset, a couple on like Lincoln. Um, That's pretty that cool. Yeah, it was fun. Like, Stan, just come say hi. Come say hi. Come on. There we go. Okay, this is Stan. Um, and so I did those billboards and then everyone's like, oh, my God, you're on billboards. You must be like such a big, <laughs> such a big deal. I was just like, no, I wrote like four articles and like someone at some company read them and was like, She's not that stupid. We should put her face on this stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm full stop, full stop. You're very attractive, incredibly attractive. And that's the problem, because let me tell you something. As I was doing my research, like every good journal, you know, a videographer, whatever you want to call me, you know, uh, talk show (laughs) host does. Yeah. Expert. Expert. Uh, Sociologist, which I did get a minor in at LSU. So I consider myself a sociologist, but you look at your Instagram, guys. It is dangerous. There's a lot of pictures there. There's and they're not. They're all. They're a lot of it. They're all classy pictures. I'm just saying some of them are risque. So and but a, a lot of likes. I notice a lot of likes. You're very popular on Instagram. Uh, very rightfully. Until I got shadow banned. Wait, say that again. Up until I got shadow banned. So, you are also very shadow banned. Well, I'm which just is insane to me. When did that even happen? Did it happen after the uh, after the 
the rapping video went viral. No, I've been sh- I've been shadow banned for since last year. But I just want to say this: it's it's because you're a beautiful girl and you're smart. That's a combination that's winning. You know, there's aren't there's not a lot of girls that even put themselves out there. So you know, I think that's why you know I'm not surprised you're on a billboard. As a matter of fact, everybody should go follow your Instagram. You're you're a model. You're an artistic model, is how I would describe you. But girls, you know, don't want to be defined as just their beauty because in this day and age, feminism that's considered rude. But I don't think it is. I don't think it's rude to call a girl pretty. No, not at all. I love it. Like. Um, I have a I have a friend that does like uh, funny t-shirts and stuff like that. Um, it's called Alpha American Apparel, and I keep telling him to do t-shirts that say uh, like catcalling appreciated or like please catcall me. Because like now when I like dress up and I look nice and I walk down the street and guys are like, I'm just like, what? What's wrong? Do I look like shit? Oh, I'm old now. No, like, you're not. Very insecure about it, it. Everybody's an incel, though. Everybody's on their. Everybody is like they're like you know involuntary celibate. They're just like on their computer. They're on their phone. You know they don't want to. They don't want to interact. It's just hard, especially with dating apps. Do you use dating apps, Kay? Yeah, I do, and I can't. St- everyone's a serial killer. Every single one, including you, yourself. You no, them? I stopped using, it and I downloaded like the one a couple months ago, and messed with it for like two days, and I realized how just how bad it is. The problem is, it's so sterile. You're swiping left and right, mm-hmm. and like, like, Kate, like if you look at your photos, every guy's swiping right, so you have a million <laughs> guys. I'm saying it's not really right. It's not. You can't even get. You can't just. What I'm saying is even for a hot girl, and I'm not saying I'm an ugly guy, so I actually have girls that yeah, swipe no, right at me. Very well, but I'm saying it's almost like overwhelming, so you can't really meet the person. I feel guilty. I'm like swiping yeah. right, and I'm like this woman probably is like my soulmate, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like I, you know, but she's not gonna like me because I said that I have five cats or whatever stupid thing. And, and but I'm an animal lover. I have a dog, I have a turtle, yeah. I'm gonna have a farm one day, like you. So, you know, they might understand that they might think that's oh so crazy and weird, so they swipe right, or I might swipe left because like she's like you know, I love to hunt and fish. Like girls try to like, you know, trauma bond with guys, you know, on the apps. You know, there's like girls that are on there like I like, you know, sometimes I'll swipe right. Even a girl's hot and she's like, I'll beat you in fantasy football. I'm like, ugh, swipe. I just yeah. I can't. Yeah, I don't like that's not gender roles work. Gender roles freaking work. But what I'm saying is I'm still have all this anxiety after the fact. I'm like, you know what? That was probably my wife. That was probably my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and I just swiped right because she played fantasy football. Oh my god! So you're so judgmental, so judgmental. <laughs> a little bit. Are you not? I mean, are we all a little no, judgmental? You're, I very mean, judgmental. But but I, I try to be unapologetically myself. But that's uh, uh, easier said than done, especially on these dating apps, because like that's where you kind of want to act like you've got it going on a little bit. So that's yeah. why it's that's think that's why it's so sickening because you're kind of like playing up the best version of yourself and that's really it's 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 exhausting doing that it is you just got to be yourself that's the only way to operate yeah and like i i think the only thing that i do actually like about dating apps is that like you can't like smell people through it (laughs) and like when i go because i just like i'm i'm very like easygoing like my version of fun is like like i hate when people are like what are we gonna do today should we go do stuff and i'm like if we've got a day off why aren't we just going and hanging out at the pub and talking shit for like eight hours like that's just you know let's just hang like i like to hang out very easy person when it comes to this. All my cats are asleep around me. I kind of want to show on the camera, but I'm scared I'm going to fuck everything up. No, no, but, you um, can move and around. Again, I get shit for the cats as well because people are like, uh, so what do you do when like you're at home and you're chilling? And I'm like, I'm watching shitty TV <laughs> with my cats. And they're like, oh my God, how many cats do you have? Are you a crazy cat lady? And I'm like, I'm a crazy freaking everything lady. Like, I'm not sorry. But you know what um, that is? You know, you have toxoplasmosis. There's a parasite in the fecal matter that takes over our um, body. It's the crazy mm-hmm. cat lady syndrome. And I have it because <laughs> I started off with no cats. And now I like, I clean my cat sometimes. You know, I'm like cleaning him with what my do you tongue. Mean? Like, like, like sometimes, that. I mean, not really, but I'm just, I put my stomach, you know, I put my face in his stomach. I mean, basically, I mean, I chomp my cat. I bite my cat. I sometimes will bite <laughs> my cat because he'll bite me. I'll bite him back. <laughs> I swear. I don't even care. So that I'm licking my cat. I'm biting my cat. Yeah, you're biting I don't bite cats. my dog. I don't bite my dog. I spank my dog. Not in a mean way. Like, I pat my dog and stuff. You know, like, I don't ever yeah. hit her. But I'm saying, like, I don't go up in ginger. I kiss ginger, but I don't, like, bite ginger. I, like, bite my cat. So it's a weird. This is how I describe it. This is how I describe it. Okay. It's disgusting. But this is how a cat is, like, a beautiful lady. You know, like... Mm-hmm. A dog is like a, a a slut. Everybody gets a lick. Everybody gets a pet. 
But a cat is like a beautiful lady. You have to romance her. You have to take her on dates. Because if you don't at first, she'll swipe you. She'll cut you. You know, you have to earn its respect. But once you earn that, that trust from a cat, it's different than a dog's love. It's like, yeah, it's different. Do you have, so when, like, do your fans and like the people who subscribe to you, like, do they talk about the cats a lot? Like, do they ask, like, a lot of questions? Like, because how does one even acquire five cats? Because, like, my process for getting my three oh. was just stupid. It was just, I was just like, no one else is going to love you. You might as well live in my house. Like, it was just as simple as that. Well, but, like, how, yeah. Well, let me tell you, like, the toxoplasmosis. Like let me tell you the toxoplasmosis, because I don't <laughs> like that we're going into the cat. I didn't know this is the cat show, but I should have expected this. But I started off with Sky Bear, this chunky dog right here. Let me see. Chunky! He's my chunky boy. He's big and chunky. So this is the number one cat. And at first I was, I was like, Oh, I don't even know. Do I even like cats? Like I had dogs and like, we had like a cat, like I had a stepmom for a little bit and she had cats. So like, I, you know, I had cats a little bit, but I just didn't play with them. Cause I was like, in, I was young and I just was, um, they kind of, cool. I was kind of too cool. And I, we had a dog and the cat didn't like our dog. So I was always with our golden retriever. So, so I still was obsessed with the cat, but I just wasn't obsessed with the cat. I was obsessed with the dog as a kid. I got this chunky boy, this stinky breath, pee outside the litter box sometimes when he's mad at oh, me. Yeah. yeah, he's a bad boy. And he changed my life. He's the sweetest thing. He we, he sleeps with me. This is the most affectionate cat. When I wake up, I, like I said, I said I have kind of breathing trouble. It's probably because all the cat hair I ingest in my sleep. <laughs> because he's so canoodled into my body. He's so canoodled in. It's it's un. Girls, at the time when I got him, I was dating a girl, and the whole sleeping arrangement changed. I mean, it was it really, he kind of broke up with one of my relationships, to be honest. Wow. Be well, because this is why she would say, towards the end, we were just kind of, towards the end of the relationship, it wasn't even bad. I'm still friends. Her name's Lexanne. We just kind of like, the love kind of just got lost. I don't know how to explain it, but I guess kind of Skybear ruined it. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, she would be like, you know, you kiss Skybear more than me. And I would be like, I do. Cause you know, we'd be like sitting on the couch and I wasn't like making out Skybear, but you know, I'd be like sitting on the couch and be like watching a movie. And I'd be like, that was Skybear, like, you know, kissing Skybear. And she's like, why don't you, you don't even do that with me anymore. And very soon after we broke up. So yes, I am, oh. I am a cat freak in this. And so let me tell you the story how we acquired five. While I was still dating her towards the end of our relationship, I tried to save our relationship by getting another cat. I thought maybe if I got another cat, that would help. Not really, but I was at the, well, kind of. I was taking Skybird to get uh, something at the Petco, and this orange cat, Kyle, I love him, my favorite too, <laughs> number two. He was in there, and I just walked past him, and I was like, I wanted a cat that looked like he had, like, you know, cheetah stripes or, you know, kind of like, you know, the calico or whatever, the, the spots. I saw him. He was orange. I love orange. I just took him. I just told the guy, I go, right now, I'm coming back. I need I need this cat. And so I just took him. So then I stole him from Petco. I had to pay like the adoption fee or whatever. It was like 50 bucks. So now I have two cats, right? So I'm just, I'm, I'm fine with cats. I got enough cats and the litter box is full of poop. I got plenty of poop mm -hmm. to clean. I'm busy. <laughs> then at the beginning of the pandemic, like people start dropping like flies. People just start dying. And so now on Facebook, it's like elderly woman dies. Her cat dusty yeah i see on facebook i'm like okay i'm gonna go get dusty this yes. little dusty cat oh then i that's got so good of you though yeah well then i got dusty and then another friend their 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 family uh uh had cats they're like oh yeah we're gonna we're gonna take this cat to the kill shelter we just we just we can't we can't take care of this little cat i was like are you kidding so i was like give me that cat and then, and I don't want to get all low vibration. I don't need to talk about it. My mom passed away in October. My life has been terrible. Hey, and, and I got her cat. So I didn't have planned that many cats. And Pumpkin is the queen at peeing outside the litter box. I mean, I cleaned it up, but Pumpkin is, Sky Bear does it to spite me sometimes. Thank God if they do it, it's because like they're aiming, you know, it's always, I now I have all the litter boxes in one room, but. Mm -hmm. This litter box situation, I'm about to spend this five, I'm about to buy the $500, like, have you seen the barrel roller uh, electronic litter box that I'm talking about? Oh, wait, is this the one that you plug into the mains or no? Because one of my friends got one of the ones that you plug into the mains that's like a fucking straight up cat toilet. And I was just like, that's some bougie LA stuff. And it, right wait, there. it plugs into the, the pie, the plumbing? 
Yeah, like they have to come and like install it. God, I bet your viewers are loving us talking about cats. Yeah, it's but, a cat uh, morning show. It's a morning show. We can do the cat hour. It's a conspiracy. It's cat castle. It's a cat castle. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, go exactly. ahead. Exactly. Well, it but, is right now. There's like eight between us. Well, I, well, Kyle, I, I mediocrely trained. He can go pee in the toilet, but like, uh, I put the thing, I put the thing on it. But the problem is, it gets like pee everywhere. It's kind of gross. <laughs> I don't like him when he uses. It. He doesn't. He's not that good at using the toilet. So now I'm trying to poop, and I'm trying to pee. And I got to deal with cat being on the toilet. Ah! <laughs> it's a lot going on. So I need a better clean. It's, it's a lot. But so I need a better mechanism. But something that plugs into the plumbing, I love that. I, I consider myself a little bit of uh, Tim the Toolman myself, that I could do a little self home plumbing myself, <laughs> installing it. A little bit of DIY. <laughs> I love it. I'm the DIY expert. I mean, I suck at it, but I, I like to consider my. I love a hammer and nails. Um, that's the Jesus in me. That's why I like Jesus is that's yeah. the, that's my one of my favorite aspects. That's yeah. one of my favorite things of Jesus. And I'm not even hating on Jesus. People, oh, you make fun of Jesus, but the fact that he was a carpenter, uh, was he the first Freemason? Then now people are gonna get mad at me in the chat. Are you into Freemasonry, Kay? Do you know anything about Freemasons? I don't know a whole bunch about it, but I had a neighbor who became one just to see if all the conspiracies were true. And I was like, are they? And he was like, I got too drunk at the meetings. Yeah, but it's not, it's not going to be the guy that goes to the meetings. The people that, it's like, there's a lot of uh, secret clubs like that. You know, you look at the Catholic Church, you look at, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of groups, uh, that, you know, are influential in the social engineering of society. But we're not here to talk about that and talk about that. We're more talking about the cat castle. I forget what we're talking about being a carpenter is cool, but I love the DIY yourself. I'd like to install Mm -hmm. a toilet for my cats. Tell me more about it. How do I do it? I have no idea. I'm going to Google it and I'm going to send you the whole plan. And then I expect for it to be built within a week and for it to be working thoroughly. And then you can come and install one here for me, which would be great. You know, I'll come like, in. I'm literally, you're, they're not surviving outside. You're in North Carolina. Well, Kay, have you been traveling? Cause I haven't traveled at all. Cause I hate the masting and listen to this. I just agreed. I can't believe I did this. I mean, I, I can't believe it, but they're doing a, freedom rally in san diego and this girl that's like organizing it they do a bunch but it's on march 13th she's like i'll pay for your flight to come out here and we'll get you a hotel uh you know we just want you to come and rap at the vaccine rally i'm like okay 100 percent. but i just hate it because i gotta wear the mask on the flight you know like a little mm-hmm. bitch ass but i just have to do it because i don't want to get i don't want to get i don't want to be put on the no fly list either so like have you been flying at all? Because now this day and age, it's, it's you go on a plane, you need boxing gloves and, and uh, just to just to make it. You're going to have to fight somebody for your luggage. Oh, oh, ah, mm. OK. So I recently went to visit uh, a friend in upstate New York and I flew like I love trains. I love a good train. I'm not a good driver. Do not have a car. Have to re-get my license at some point. We got to get you a car in North Carolina, but I love it. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I love that you don't have a car that you're <laughs> independent like that. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. That's, that's one way of putting it. I think your carbon footprint. Accurate. Your carbon oh, footprint yes, is less. Justin Trudeau loves yeah. you. He's like, oh, wow. Okay. It's such a good global citizen. I am such a good global citizen. I'm the best filthy job creating immigrant. Oh mm-hmm. my God. I just want, I want creature to come say hi, but he's having none of it. But anyway, yeah. So I get on this fucking flight and I have the mask on and everything. So I'm just like, I'll play by your stupid rules. But I take Stan everywhere with me when I travel because she's small and she's very Your dog? Sweet. You take your dog. And, and I see Monograph is in the chat. Thank you. Uh, Monograph is a... Uh, uh is a great uh, uh, content creator. Uh, so I just want to give him a shout out in the chat. Thank you, Montegraff, for being here. Uh, uh, Kay says hi. So you take your little wiener dog. He's not a wiener dog. He's like a, well, like, a kind of fucking mutt. It's kind of like a Actually, mutt. Stan is technically a girl. She's got a woke name. It was honestly just the first noise she responded to. So I was like, Stan. And she was like, and I was like, oh, I like okay. that. Stan Stanley. I mean, listen, I have a gender neutral name. I'm gender fluid. People don't realize that I'm Alexandria. <laughs> sometimes I am. And so I'm gay, too, because when I, I always mm-hmm. like women. So when I'm Alexandria, I still like women. I'm like a Caitlyn Jenner. <laughs> so I'm 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 a gay yeah. transsexual. And people are like, what, Alex? What do you mean? I'm like, yes, I'm a gay transsexual. I'm gender You're fluid. You're a top lesbian. Exactly. I'm one of the biggest, best lesbians. If you had a lesbian <laughs> rating guide, if they came out with lesbian.com, did top mm-hmm. lesbians, Ellen DeGeneres, mm-hmm. uh, Anne Heche, Whoopi Goldberg, Alex Stein, number four. And number I'd four. probably beat Whoopi Goldberg because of the controversy. Yeah. So I surpass mm-hmm. her. Number three yeah. behind Anne Heche. 
down for it. I would vote for you. You're like my, well, my, I do have like some lesbian family members, but you're definitely up there in the top three, like hands down. You're my number one lesbian. That's I what I'm lesbian. saying. I'm the number one lesbian. No, there's no debate. The debate is over. I'm the queen lesbian. I'm the queen bee. Queen Latifah, lesbian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like on queen's level of lesbianism. But regardless, it's yeah. not here. This isn't lesbian hour. Okay, so we got to get back to, let's try to get this shit a little. So, masks, you're going to the Freedom Rally, which is awesome. Like, I have no interest in ever going back to California, except maybe the desert where I can just wander around naked and like shoot stuff. Um, like not animals and things, just like random, like cans and stuff like that. It's fun to shoot um, a gun at stuff. Yes. Yeah. But I do like my guns. Listen, I was like, I will never go to California either. This is the only reason I'm going to. It's Coronado, California is, is, is oh, San Diego, so you know? And I'm like, okay, listen, and it's still probably crappy in some parts of San Diego, but I'm like, I kind of want to see the last bastiage of California. I mean, the last, you know, the last nice, this is because San Diego, literally like, you know, in the movie Anchorman with Will Ferrell, like, uh, mm-hmm. it kind of like conceptualizes San Diego as like an idea. It is like the idea of like, you know, the perfect American city. It's on the water. It's, you know, used to have low crime. I don't know what the crime rate is now. Um, but I mean, I guess it's kind of like an idyllic city for a coastal city. Um, but like, I don't know if it's like that anymore. So that's why I want to go almost to kind of see, cause that's what I remember. I've been to San Diego a few times as a kid. And then when I lived in Los Angeles, I drove down there, I think once or twice. So I just kind of want to see, is it still that idyllic California destination that it, that it, you know, always was for my whole life. I mean, you've got to let me know. Cause like I get homesick for California. This is the, this is like the worst. Like I don't get homesick for whales ever. Like I'm always just like, whenever I think of whales, I'm just like cold alcoholism um but and also rugby but that's like a good thing but whenever i watch like um any shows based in la or anywhere in california i start to get like why did i leave why did i leave and then like one of my friends will call me and just be like do not come back you will get stabbed it is horrendous you're gonna die don't do it don't do it please help me leave um and so that's when i'm like okay reality check and so i do have a few friends who live in and around San Diego and other than like the extreme cost of living, apparently it is. Apparently it's like one of the last bastions, but then I also have a friend whose mother, I believe might've been grandmother lives on like a golf course, like very, uh, sort of like almost like, yeah, very like arrested development though. Type yeah. bougie, you know, yeah. I love arrested um, development. That's my favorite. That used to be my favorite show. Uh, but yeah, that, so that, that is, that is yeah. literally, you know, you have a, have the security 24 hour security and you know, mm-hmm. you live on the country club type. Situation. Yeah. Balboa Straight Bay. Up. Yeah. That's why you always leave a note. There's always money in the banana stand, <laughs> like that type, that type of lifestyle, you know? That's the great. Um, that, okay, it, Balboa Island. So, what do you think about Prince Andrew and uh, uh, what's going to happen with him? So, okay, everyone in the UK already hated Prince Andrew, like well before all this stuff. Like, well, my, not I his really, mom, not his mom. He was his number one favorite boy. I don't know. Well, he's like, we have an issue with this in the UK, where like the eldest boy is always the best boy. He's like, he'll never do anything wrong. But no, everyone always knew he was a slimy, creepy, rapey idiot because like he's not an intellectual man his name is randy andy right well you can see the inbreeding like you see it so perfectly in the royal family like it's just it's like it all came out in andrew um personally i hope he goes to prison forever but we all know that prison forever when you're linked to jeffrey epstein means you're gonna secretly hang yourself and then you get disappeared off to like bill gates's island or whatever or whoever's island they would never arrest him they're not going to charge him with the criminal thing i think they're trying to do it's all civil what they're trying to do to him because they, they this is the problem too even though he committed the crime in the uk supposedly is that they have a you uh, uh, you watch movies James Bond obviously that's fake but Ian Fleming he wrote that you can operate with diplomatic immunity like he could commit a crime theoretically in America and not be charged for it because he has diplomatic immunity so it's really yeah. hard you know they're not going to be able to charge Prince Andrew with a real crime now civil no. uh, civil case he could be because he's best friends with a you know child sex procurer and so they <laughs> like and, and in a civil case the criminal case is different you have to prove without a doubt so you have to get all the jury mm-hmm. but in a civil case you only had to have the majority like you know you only had to it doesn't have to be without a doubt you'd be like oh, you, have, you can side like 
I, I tend to agree with them more. Um, yeah. But with a criminal case, you can't say that. You have to have a, you have to say guilty without a shadow of doubt. So the level mm-hmm. of uh, guilt is different in a civil case. So that would make him, I think, more liable to. He's gonna. He, he needs to just pay her and shut her up. But I guess that would make him look too guilty. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like you know, I laughed when you said that he he's like best friends with a child sex predator because I'm just like I laugh at just like the what the fuckness of it all. I was like, it's it's so you know when Spotlight came out and kind of like shed light on what was going on in the Catholic Church, it was like, oh, this is great. Maybe we can like see a bit of a change here. I don't know if we have because everything sort of shut down and went away quietly, but like. I'm 28 years old and my family, everyone I know back in Wales, who's like older than me, um, all over the UK, they were all like, oh yeah, Prince Andrew is a pervy fucking weirdo, like worst member of the Royal family. So he's had that reputation. He's not the worst like, probably though. He's probably not even the worst. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I just didn't but, um, say that. Yeah. No, I mean, but like, this is a reputation that he's had for like well over three decades and he's just been allowed to consistently get away with it. And so at this point, like, I think a lot of people I know back in the UK are kind of using Prince Andrew and his behavior as almost like a way to try and just get rid of the monarchy altogether, which isn't going to happen. Like the monarchy isn't going anywhere. I don't. Is that like, good if the monarchy you know. goes? I mean, why, I mean, it just they should stay. I mean, right. Isn't that the symbol is like. Well, I, yeah. this, is, this is what I'm saying. We don't want to delete our history. Every bill, every no, but every statue they tear down—that's yeah. literally George Orwell's 1984. So, like, mm-hmm. it, it, let's say they do in the UK, they they you know take down the monarchy. So then it's literally George Orwell. Then it's like, okay, yeah. so we're just going to look. At least we we kind of need that fake patriotism or that fake you know thing that that you know you like being god save the queen why not why not have pride in your country or whatever that's it i think that's a good thing to have but they they actually want to take that out of us you know well they want to take everything out of us and just like homogenize us into these like little drones like i was (laughs) my parents came out to visit for thanksgiving and like they're very liberal and um like just very loving non-judgmental like i'm best friends with my parents they're amazing people but like I couldn't disappoint them with like sex, drugs, tattoos, piercings. Couldn't disappoint them with anything. They were just like proud of your individualism. And Shut like, up! Your parents are that was... liberal. Wow, that's oh, so yes. cool. As soon as I start working in conservative news media, they're just like, "What are you doing?" Then they're Why disappointed. Wow! So you can get tattoos, you can get anything pierced. Like, oh, that's cool. You're such an individual, creative type, okay? And you are, you know. So they're encouraging that. So they're good. I'm see, and that's actually good that your parents that are like that because they, uh, you know, they uh, cultivated your creativity, which a lot of parents don't do that. They just tell people, hey, get a job at working at Firestone Tire, uh, you'll get oh, a good retirement, yeah. you know. I mean, it's like swings and roundabouts, right? So like I, when I, like on my last birthday, it was like the first time I actually like felt my age. And then I was suddenly like, holy shit, I'm actually a professional writer living and working in America. This is what I've like dreamed about doing my whole life. Like, well done me. And then I was also You're like, Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, shit. You're Carrie but Bradshaw. I was also like, no wonder I'm so poor. Um, so maybe yeah. like a little bit of support would have been like, or like guidance. But um, no, so when my parents were out here and, uh, Skybear. We like. Oh, he's just going crazy. Oh. Skybear, he knows there's other cats on the stream. He's trying to take all the attention. <laughs> Skybear, get out of here. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, don't apologize. I love it. Um, all my guys are asleep. I don't know if you can even like. You might be able to hear creature snoring. He's just like passed out right here, snoring very loudly. But um, no. So like, my parents were like getting at me because. Like I do, uh, like every Monday I go on, uh, my friend's like huge radio station. Joe Pags. Like- is that what it is? Joe Pags. Joe I saw Pags. that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He yeah. does have a good show. I saw that you go on there. That's a big show. So He's you're, brilliant. you're a regular contributor on, on that show. Everybody needs to go check yeah. out Joe Pags show. Okay. Sorry. So yeah, uh, no, ahead. thank you. Joe, Joe is like this. Okay. So you know, like how in LA people can be, you know, a little bit like social climby. They like you when you're like fitting into their box, but then they'll like manipulate the box and they'll like shit talk you. Joe is or if you can be their pet project or they can kind of control you. It's weird. Okay. Yeah. But no, Joe is one of the first people I've ever met in entertainment who is just other than you, I think actually just so just like authentically like, 
here's who I am. I'm secure. And this is what I do. And let's do it. So like, he's, you know, Joe's my, one of my best friends in the universe. Great guy. But yeah, my parents were just like, you know, we support you. We love you, but like, don't love the whole, like, you know, like conservative thing, like, you know, watch out. You don't want to get like deported. Hmm. And they were just like pissing me off to the point one day. They were just fucking going on about the shit. I was like, right, that's it. We're listening to Rogan and Alex Jones. And you're going to hear what this stuff really goes into. So we're like a three hour drive back from the mountains and they were crying laughing. Yeah, and Alex Jones like, is the best. What did you play him though? What did you play him? Alex Jones or Joe Rogan? It was Alex Jones on Joe Rogan. Oh, perfect. So. Yes, yes. That's great. They had to love it. It's so entertaining because that's Alex Jones. I want to be a protege Alex yeah. Jones. I mean, Alex Jones is so... The problem it's is so he gets funny. demonized by the legacy media. And, like, even in the conspiracy world, like, I'm, you know, in the conspiracy world, people are like, oh, he's not... He's not conspiracy enough. You're never conspiracy enough because there's always people who just take it wherever, you know, like the, you yeah. know... Um, but like birds regard- aren't real and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Or, but that's a fake. That's a troll. Those guys are trolling the birds aren't real people. Uh, so that's a, funny. But that is a funny troll but vice is like lets them troll vice is the one that pumps them up but vice they reached out to me after my viral like tiktok nurse dancing video and then they realized i'm a troll like i thought because i trolled both sides of that like they were like oh no we're not going to platform you and i was just really surprised you know that they didn't want to platform me like i'm not even really that conservative but um i and i and like i thought vice would be kind of uh at least put up like that they're bipartial, but we know they're not. They're the worst. They're actually the yeah. worst ever. I used to live down the road from Vice in Venice, and like I have never felt more uncool than when I've like walked past the Vice offices, and they're all like they're like vaping and like smoking their really nice joints, and I'm just there with like my little. Sorry, it's the wind. Um, I'm there with like my cigarette, just like. No, I know, but that's. I <laughs> no, but but they yeah. do have that air of superiority, like in these like production studios. Sometimes that's why I've been I've worked on so many different stuff. It's like it, usually there's guys smoking the cigarettes, just some nobody anyway. That's why like <laughs> I try to walk in. I feel like if I walked into Vice, I would act like I own the place because there are a bunch of freaking <laughs> douches in there that are all like too afraid to even probably speak for themselves because they got to be so mm-hmm. politically correct or something. And that's uh. the problem with societies. We're so mm-hmm. sterilized with all the content that we get at SNL or we get uh, wherever. It's all about we have to have a gay Latino as the lead because that is about, you know, being sympathetic to them. And and because of that, and I love gay Latinos. I'm gay and I'm a little Latino. Not really, but I'm gay, so I'm pro-gay. <laughs> the story should be the story. We shouldn't have to, you know, inflect the storyline to be different, like how they change mm-hmm. all these superheroes now. It's like all of a sudden Superman's gay all of a sudden. Like why does Superman have to be gay? Superman does not. He can be straight. And so we can still be pro-gay. He can have gay friends yeah. in the Superman world. Like, I'm not anti-gay, but they're trying to make it too much. Like, they even talk about in the transgender community, the amount of people that have transitioned to their sex and had the surgery is at an alarming number. I mean, it wasn't even, like, in the 80s, it would be, like, one in 100,000 somebody had the surgery. Now it's, like, kids are, like, one in 40 or some ridiculous number. It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so- it's kind of like that, I think that's probably where like my more like conservative nature comes out. It's like, you know, in the UK, the drinking age is 18. Everyone drinks when they're like 12. Um, so we kind of get it out of our system. Like we have like, sex good. education, we have drugs education. So we're all using drugs, we're all having sex. And then like, oh. you know, you grow up and it's just like, oh, I can make like more meaningful connections. Like in my adulthood, I don't have to like go through that whole like learning process and learning curve as an adult when I'm trying to like make money. And now I see like kids out here, one of this guy I know, Terry Schilling was telling me the big pharma, I can't remember the exact amount, but since pushing the sort of like transgender movement, they've had, they've made more money from children than they have from adults. And I was like, oh, that's child abuse. I was like, when I was that young, being a fucking idiot, like, at least I had, like, adults around me who were like, hey, you're being a fucking idiot. Like, you know, I wasn't trying to, like, transition or anything like that. But, you know, like, I remember vomiting on myself on the beach after drinking, like, a flagon of Strongbow, and I was far too young to be doing that. Um, And, you know, the adults around me were just like, okay, you're a fucking idiot, but, like, you know, you're going to do this at some point, you know, just, you know, learn how to do it now so that when you're an adult, do it properly. And I haven't vomited on myself in years. I'm, like, 
amazing at drinking. Um, but you know, it's the same kind of thing when it comes to like young kids, it's just like, you know, like I like just go through your kind of like phase. And then when you turn like, you know, 21, 25, then make those decisions. And so anyway, that's like, that's when my more conservative nature comes out where I'm just like, no, this is not okay. And I'm not like anti-trans by any stretch of the imagination, a lot of trans friends. And I hate when people say that, but I really do. Yeah. And you know, it just, I have gay family members. Put that shit on children. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I have gay family members. I have people that I know that are trans. I don't dislike anybody. I don't care, you know, because they're different. Uh, So that narrative too, it's like that we all hate each other. You know, of course, racism, you know, exists a little bit, but it's not as bad as they say. But you made a good point. You talked about how, you know, you, in the UK, you can drink when you're young. And that's that's the problem with America, too, is like we need red light districts. We need to decriminalize these drugs. It's, it's, oh, I swear, especially the opioids, because then we could have Narcan. We could have like, you know, when people have ODs mm-hmm. and then, you know, we could make it where, hey, if you have this drug outside of these areas, it's more punitive because we give you a place to do it. So so I guess you would traffic. It's like, and listen, the war on drugs is absolutely terrible. So you have to have some sort of, uh, you know, I guess, yeah. different game plan. And I think that game plan is similar to the, listen, it's not good to give a 12-year-old alcohol. But at the same time, it is good to get a 12-year-old alcohol poisoning and to realize, <laughs> hey, this shit is dangerous. It's like the old saying when a kid is, if a kid wants to smoke a cigarette, make him smoke the whole pack. So, yeah, lock yeah. him in a small room, make him smoke the whole pack. That's exactly what I would do if I ever caught my future children smoking cigarettes. Or I'd like just do the chain smoking thing or I'll be like, we're going to drink this entire bottle of whiskey and then we'll see how you can fucking handle this shit. And it sounds you know, counterproductive, <laughs> but it sounds counterproductive. But that is probably the method that we need because we already are in the upside down world. I'm not saying we people are like, oh, you want to decriminalize drugs? You want to get everybody on drugs? No, I actually want to give people that are like experimenting with drugs or whatever. And they go experiment. With it, they can see that it's bad. And they don't go to jail for the rest of their lives. And, you know, mm-hmm. they don't get caught with it and they don't have a felony drug possession. And, you know, they can actually go back to work or whatever. And they can realize, hey, this stuff's not good. Or if they like it that much, they can dedicate their life to it because there's going to still be people no matter what it is, whether it's food, drugs, alcohol, sex, that dedicate their stuff to it. So maybe let's just try to give them a place where they don't die. Um, yeah. and maybe be compassionate to people because we got to go, like, like I said, we got to have see, these different, whatever the tools that we're using now to fix society's problems, like the opioid crisis, are not working. So we got to do yeah. the opposite is my game plan. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, I can't wait until like you're in like full swing in office. I think it's going to be I'm running great. for mayor. I'm running for I mayor know. of Dallas. It's going to be insane. I'm going to lose. I know it's a very slim pickets, but if I get in the debate, I'm going to go insane. They're going to say, oh, you got to run for something else. I'm going to be the Beto O'Rourke yeah. of, of, but even though he's a loser, he always loses his elections. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm going to take the loss. I'm going to take the L. I'm going to be prime time 99. I'm going to take the L <laughs> and do the Beto O'Rourke, uh, uh, pol- political campaign, uh, tactic scheme where I take all my L's and somehow keep getting political mm-hmm. donations and uh, keep running for stuff and being taken as a serious candidate when I've had zero success as a political candidate. I'm it works excited for, for it. It works for him. It's going to work for primetime 99. I can be a fake politician. If I can do anything, I can be a fake politician and the best fake politician. I'll be way better at being a fake politician than Beto. Wait, what are you going to do if you actually win, though? I'm going to dominate. No kill shelters, first thing. No kill shelters, all gone. Red light Mm -hmm. district, city council. Right now, they shut down the sexually oriented businesses. I'm going to help the sexually oriented businesses by giving them more security. We're going to actually put funding and stuff to protect these whores and prostitutes because we need them because i know that i'm not calling them that i'm just saying people don't like this sexually oriented businesses people are gonna have sex regardless we need to stop we need to stop like like the sex trafficking in the border right now is disgusting with these kids and with with the black market making all uh you know sex whatever you know uh sex work illegal that makes it them the sex trafficker the same as a you know prostitute so it's what i'm saying is if you actually had a legal zone it makes the black market smaller it puts a strain on the black market so there would be less illegal sex trafficking because people could work and do it legally and i know that sounds crazy i know that sounds crazy but in the places where it is like in brothels in las vegas they have the least child sex trafficking in the places where it's legal that's the stats. That's true. The same thing happened in Australia when they legalized prostitution is rates of STDs dropped like significantly. Rates of divorce plummeted. Um, <laughs> there like, you go. This is, uh, this is all like Jim Jeffrey stuff. No, I work with um, a couple of groups who do like anti-human trafficking stuff. And um, 
it's yeah it's absolutely fucking terrifying what's going on on the border so i'm glad like people people don't want to talk about it like people genuinely don't want to talk about it but um yeah and i'm not saying uh, and i don't want to say like i'm pro pro prostitution nobody should be a prostitute that's a terrible job you make that job your life is not going to be great but it still shouldn't it should be some sort of like you said less stds if you could get testing you know for people it's like women can't even like call the police help when they're in these situations that would be another reason it would be safe you'd have a place where like there would be a police there and i mean people would feel safe and like that is a better society but that we're never going to have a utopic utopia whatever you want to call it like that's never going to happen but but in society it's like we could stop using like this legacy media or these mechanisms just to divide us and hate each other. Like mm-hmm. now with, I guess the micro media, like it used to be the TV, you could just be like short clips of the news, you know, five minutes, but now it's a Facebook. You can comment under it. Like the news, you know, you're just, you, you can never get away from the social narrative. Uh, and I think that's the problem is we're under like mass hypnosis and that mm-hmm. the, until that hypnosis is turned on, let's unite each other. Like did you weren't here in 2001, um, but after nine eleven, or you, or you weren't, in, you didn't live here in nine eleven. No, I was like the first time I visited America. You were like a kid. Oh, okay, okay. Well, so you felt it. So you felt it. You know what it's like. But I'm saying after nine eleven, it was everybody was besties. We were like mm-hmm. we came together. It was insane. It was like oh, I love people from the East Coast and this and that. But with what the pandemic, the exact opposite. The exact opposite of nine eleven. So they saw that the social engineers are seeing that and they're loving it. They're like, oh, this is awesome. They're not paying attention to all. They're not paying attention to the gas prices, the supply chains, all the terrible stuff that they're doing because they're all yeah. fighting with each other on Twitter and Instagram in the comment yeah. section. They're like, oh, why they count all their money. And that's, that's how it is. Big Pharma laughing at it. And why they do that? Well, Big Pharma is telling people, uh, uh, Neil Young's got to go off of Spotify, you know, yet they own his whole catalog because Joe Rogan is the biggest disinformation agent in the world. Just think about that. These people can't even let us have Joe Rogan. They don't want us to have any joy or any sort of, um, you know, uh, uh, somebody that's not going with the mainstream agenda. That's how pathetic these people are. I mean, where do you think we go from here, though? Because, like, I actually, I came across your content not through uh, the rap video, but through the abortion one that you did at the school board. That, I probably watched it, like, 50 times. One of my, my friend, actually, who runs a human traffic... Sorry. No, I can you hear that? That was just like a okay. ring. No, it's cool. We love it. As Eddie Oliver says, he's simping on K. I'm simping too, Eddie. It's a $4. I don't know what that five, means. It's a sucker that idolizes mediocre pussy. It's not saying you have mediocre <laughs> pussy. That's what it That's what it stands for. But it means a guy when you simp for a girl. It's just a turn. That's just what it stands for. But it's like a guy when you simp. Like, I'm, I'm not simping. I'm simping a little hard today, but sometimes I simp really hard. I'm trying not to simp too hard so because I, I don't want to. You're you know. trolling me. No, you I'm just trying to button me up. <laughs> no, I'm a simp. I'm just saying you got to simp. Every guy is, you know, simps a little. Some guys are afraid to be a simp. You know, they're kind of like, you know. Yeah, I'm a, let me close this fucking window. You close it. That's fine. I'm just saying simping's a good thing. It means just a guy that's kind of fond of a girl. I mean, that's all that it is. It's not like. Um, Attention. That's what I'm saying. It's just giving girls attention, basically, is really what it boils down to. Um, but this they, is my favorite baby. Wow, that is a good chunky dog right there. Look, no neck. And then does it and then is it a little cross-eyed where it's a little oh yeah. I love that. Or that's the beautiful. That's so good. That's a lot my of cats. The cat's bigger than you. I have favorites, but he's my favorite. You have I favorites and cats. With cats, you have favorites. They're different than like a dog. I don't, you know, I just don't want to have a favorite with a cat. Some are more affectionate than others. Even though I love them all, yeah. I would like risk my life for them. As a matter of fact, a Kyle got on the roof of the garage. I, I mean, it, it's okay, but I just had to walk on this fence part to get him on this tie. I mean, I, I could have fallen off the roof. I, I went up there, no fear, in 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 sandals, in sandals, like an idiot, no pants, and uh, uh, and it just almost fell off the roof. I actually had to call the neighbor to hold the ladder because I knocked the ladder down. Like I had to get him to. I swear, I had to call the neighbor to put the ladder back up so I could climb down. I knocked it down, trying to get him. So oh so God. yes, we're both toxoplasmosis nuts. Okay, you know we already did an hour, but I got to have you back on soon. We didn't even get into conspiracies. We didn't even get into anything. Um, uh. 
that deep. You know, we talked about the border. We talked about sex trafficking. We talked about the fentanyl crisis, but those are all, you know, standard. We didn't even get into like the moon landing or any of the good stuff. So I gotta, I gotta bring, I gotta bring you back on. I gotta bring you back on. Anytime I can talk about this all day. You are so much fun. I've really enjoyed myself. Um, would I be simping for your mediocre pussy? Or like, I'm sure it's not mediocre. Uh, that's you know, not calling that you like mediocre. See, of course you would take it. Because because you're probably like a wordologist. You're into words. You're like English and, you know, or Welsh or whatever it is. You know, you like words. I do words real good. That's what I'm saying. You do words all good because y'all got that Shakespearean crap going on. You know, I think Shakespeare said... Um, a coward dies many times before his death. You know, she says all he's all good with words. Me, I'm not all that good with it. But that's just what it means. I'm not calling your. I'm your. If I had to rate your pussy, and which I will rate it, even though this is a this is the conspiracy mm-hmm. castle, we can take it there. Mm-hmm. You can go on Instagram.com slash case. Okay, guys, and you can go rate it yourself. And let me tell you something. Please Kay, do. Please do. And guys, you will not be please disappointed. K is my new favorite Instagram account. The most beautiful. She's very, and she's more than that. She's smart. She's well-educated. As you saw, that's what I want to say. I don't want to just appreciate your beauty. I want to appreciate everything because it's all should be appreciated, Kay. Oh, well, I hope you know that it's all reciprocated. And I'm so British that I can't take compliments well, but I'm going to dine out on this all fucking weekend. There you go. Dine out. Get some sugar. Eat some cookies. You know, if you're like, oh, you know, know, I've been on a diet or something, let yourself go. You dominated. Everybody loves you. The opposite. I I texted you before we came on. I was like, I can't wear any of my pretty dresses because I live in the South and I'm fat now. And I'm fine with that. You're definitely not fat. And and honestly, God, you're in America. So you do need an extra like 10 or 15 pounds. I'm just saying, just. A little dump in your trunk is that's just how America is. So don't beat yourself up. We actually like it. Trust me, you got you got a lot of room. You got you got a lot uh, to work with. Okay, so you know, don't worry about it. All right, guys, please go in the description. Go follow Kay. Uh, make sure to go uh, and say uh, I sent you. And um, what do you want to leave the people with before we go and say goodbye? Um, just thank you, love you, and I can't wait to. Uh Come and chat with everyone again soon. Alex, this was just like the most fun. This is like and the check best her out. Friday ever. Oh, just check ch- out all my social. Just Google Case Smythe, K-A-Y-S-M-Y-T-H-E. It's the worst name ever. Sounds like a sneeze. Can't wait until I get married. Change my last name. It's, it's a good great. name, Smythe. I love it. But, but but you'll see on uh, on Monday, she's on the Joe, uh, Joe Pag show. So you guys can find her. If you can't find her, you're not looking very hard. That's what we're saying. <laughs> um, uh, and with that, K, it's always a pleasure. See you guys. Peace.